This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1178. The answer. All right. My mic's not on now. The answer. There it is. <laughs> rookie. That's how house. you know it's live. I know. What are you going to do? Hey, did you know America stopped? Or did you know Americans stopped or <laughs> prevent violent crime one to three million times per year with a gun? That's right. Studies from Florida State, the CDC, and the Crime Prevention Research Center shows that guns are used to protect life 25 times more often than when they are uh, used to take a life. 25 times, and the estimate is on the low side. And if you believe the good people deserve the best tools to defend themselves and their family, then you should be a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. San Diego County Gun Owners makes it easy to connect with the community that fights to defend and restore your Second Amendment rights. Be a member today. It's $10 a month. Come on, you can't buy breakfast for that. stcgo.org, stcgo.org, slash join to become a member. Join today, everybody. Yes, or tomorrow. Or tomorrow. No, join today. By so, the way, happy Father's Day. I was going to say happy Father's Day. And you got the you I, got the big dog in the I house. did. I for uh, it's like, it's like show and tell on Father's Day for me. This is my father, everybody. Henry Schwartz. Get up close to that guy right there. How you doing, sir? Doing well. It's a great pleasure to be here. It, it, it's a pleasure to have you here. It seems like we all know you because we talk about you and and your grandson. Yeah. That well, I, I have sent in a couple of questions. You know, to stop my oh, hold on one second. Hold on a second. That's the mic we want. Oh, okay. Change mic. Change mic. All right, there you go, Dad. Okay. Happy Father's Day. Well, one of the things that we, <laughs> when we talk to Sam, he says it all the time. Well, this is where he gets his intelligence. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sam. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, am I right? Do you not say they're, that? The, my sister and I talk all the time how they're uh, they're almost the same person. And Very he similar. has said, and I'm, I'm just gloating on you because yeah. he would never tell you this, but he said you are by far the smartest individual he's ever met. Well, I, I'm serious. So that, that's well, good. I, I, that's good. I'll take that on Father's Day. I would take that on Father's Day, too, and make sure he takes you to Mexican food. No, it's not not Mexican. Tell them where we're going. Where are you going? Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh, there you go. That's a one. That's a once in a decade. Once, yeah, thing, right. At least How about that. I know you'll probably have to sell a spare tire oh, off yeah. the Jeep. <laughs> By the way, did you get the Jeep back? Not yet. I'll not see. yet. What are you? Tra- we're driving around in the BMW. We were driving around in class. Oh, now you're in a Beamer. Yeah, it's well, it's a borrowed Beamer, but it's a Beamer. What and not only, so not only is it Father's Day, but it was my dad's birthday, his 82nd birthday, a couple of couple of wow. two, days, two days ago. Two days you ago. look great for 82. Well, thank you. So show them what I show them what you got there, Dad. That is just everybody knows. I know. We've talked about it on air. I am now addicted to watches. He is. So uh, so Dad got uh, you know Dad is uh, for those who don't know was a uh, did a was a uh, professional diver in the Navy. He did a bunch of diving research in the 80s and is a wow. uh, no short of a world renowned scientist when it comes to uh, under under undersea medicine, right? Is that way short? But, <laughs> but thank you. No, he's being on. Well, and that's, that's so. Yeah, so you'll appreciate this story. When I was a, an explorer scout, mm-hmm. this was 1961, 62. 
I lived in Vallejo, California, where Mare Island Naval Shipyard was. And we had the UDT divers come and teach us how to scuba dive. And this was before the double hose and all that kind of stuff. And that was before you didn't even have to have a license to scuba dive. So, yeah, I've always loved the ocean. When, when, he, when Dave was doing it, you just had some sheep intestine. You filled it, it up with, with it. air and then hope for the best. So I got it. So this is a watch by Ball, Ball Watches, which yeah. are American-made, now bought by Swiss. And this is the best dive watch, I would say, um, uh, on the market today. Yeah. And uh, okay, you so don't have one. Well, because we got afford, it. Yeah, you got it. You can only afford one of, the, of these in the family. So you said, yeah, I, got, he, I have a citizen. You got a time <laughs> on today. That's, oh, a, that's time a citizen. That's a time How Don't you. let anybody kid How you. How dare you. Takes a licking and Just keeps on ticking. There you go. All right, on the show. So we're going to talk to my dad. He's going to weigh in. Dad, if, if you need to say anything, you just, just Yeah, just raise, put your finger up. That way I'll know to shut him up because he goes go. like a. Wait, who'd you say was on the line? Jake's coming in. He's on. He's in the first segment. Okay. So Jake from Walk the Talk America is going to be in our next segment. Uh, we're going to talk to him on exactly what Walk the Talk is. We're going to talk about Mara Elliott. Oh, your uh, friend. My friend, the city attorney down in San Diego, um, uh, and, and what a great friend she is to the Second Amendment. Well, you got rid of Nathan. Yeah. So is this the next one you're working on? Truly. Everybody, all, everybody listening, all your ire and uh, disappointment – and excitement over Nathan. Uh, let's replace all that. Let's redirect it to yeah. Mara Elliott, who's yeah. just who, just who as bad. Truly deserves it. Truly deserves it. Uh, we're going to talk about Newsom's Twenty Eighth Amendment, which is pretty comical. Um, we're going to talk about gun prom. We're going to we have the monthly meetings coming up. Uh, th- is it this week? I think it's this week. I'll double check on that. Joe Jamisi, our buddy from the show, he's going to talk about situa- situational awareness and pepper spray. Is he calling in? He's not calling in. He's actually coming to the meetings. So all, oh, th- all oh, three. I thought, yeah. Oh, I thought it was coming in today. All three of our monthly meetings. Uh, see the North County ones in uh, Fallbrook, and then uh, uh, we'll we'll get all the information. <laughs> uh, the South County ones down in uh, Labellas. Yeah, down in South County. The Central ones He's in Central. In Central. County. Uh, anyway, Joe Jabez is going to be there. We'll give you all the information. Well, that's a good excuse to go to the website because it'll <laughs> see all the addresses. Yep. San Diego County Gunowners.com. Go to the website and check it out. Yeah. But uh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Pick a meeting that's close to you. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Yeah, and then right. uh, bridging the gap between mental health and uh, responsible <laughs> firearm ownership. That's what Jake's going to be talking about, which I think is a really important subject. You know, we talk about firearms a lot and uh, we talk about how we, uh, we have to be responsible. And firearms are, of course, for sane, trained, law abiding gun owners. And that, that sane part is uh, kind of a broad term. Um, and I think it's really difficult, you know, when, 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 uh, when somebody is going through or, or showing s- symptoms of, of, you know, mental health crisis, you know, what do you do? Uh, I, th- I think it's our responsibility as a gun community uh, to, get that, to get that figured out. So we're going to talk to Jake and talk about exactly what Walk the Talk America does when it comes to mental health and responsible firearms ownership. Um, which should be really, really pretty, pretty interesting. So, so Dad, what do you think? Have you ever been on a radio show before? By the way, I have not. This is the first time. This, this is the first. There you go. It's a bucket list item then. Yes, <laughs> but I know you listen. Well, uh, you're never too young. I listen, and I get it on uh, YouTube as well. Yeah, but That's you know, awesome. but everybody, you know, he, he really he, the segment he listens to is the last segment because that's his grandson. <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't blame him. There you go. Here's I don't your blame segment. Him. It's our best segment. Truth yeah. be told. Well, you know, radio is 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 it to us, it's fun. I do six hours. And he does too. 
There you go. He could do six. That would not even be an issue. You so, think so? So you're out here for a while, huh? I was at a, a meeting of the Undersea and Hyperbaric Medical Society for the last three days. It's our annual scientific meeting. Wow. And, and what came up today, you were telling oh, me? One of the talks was, out, was about the active shooter and a great description of various kinds of firearms and what you do and so forth and so wow. on in, in, a, in a hyperbaric facility where, you know, the, yeah. the bad guy comes in and, sure. and, and what do you do? Yeah. What did you think I, of that guy that was underwater for 100 days? You see that guy? Who? There was a doctor who's been under. He was underwater in a, you know, in a sphere for a hundred days. He broke the record. Oh, I didn't see that. Lost his lost an inch in height. Oh, jeez. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, and but, it, but why would somebody lose an inch in height uh, if they were? Oh no, I don't know. But it, but his all his all his meds were much better when he you know when he went you know coming out yeah. than went in. Yeah. Well, one of the things they did was they actually had some old uh, hyperbaric chambers. Uh huh. Uh, that they shot, you know, out in the desert just to see what would happen. Yeah, and uh, uh, they had several different kind of firearms that they wow. that they used. Some of them penetrated, some didn't. Some so did. Do you shoot yourself? I do. Oh, okay. Right. You, you just renewed your CCW. Just right? last Saturday, I renewed, or a week ago, renewed my CCW. Great. In fact, we we got to go to a break, but I want to talk to. I, I want to talk. That's one of the things I want to talk about is what he has to go through to get a CCW. And and, and it was, well, this is for Wisconsin. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, you go down and you hand him a check. No, and no, it's not. It's not. It's not a good story. It's not a good no, story. It's not a good story. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. The answer. San Diego streaming well, now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Hey, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California firearm lawyer John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now, 760-642-7150. John Dillon, California Firearms Lawyer, 760-642-715. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> All right, bridging the gap between mental health and responsible firearms ownership, we're going to talk to a representative from Walk the Talk America. Jake, are you there? I sure am, gentlemen. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for coming I on. I'm good. Happy Father's Day. It's uh, it's exciting where I am because my two boys are not with me. They're with their mother in South Dakota visiting their grandmother, but I got to play golf with my own dad today. So. Uh, nice. Well, that sounds like a great that. Father's Day. Congratulations. Ha- Happy Father's Day. My father's in the studio with us today. Yeah, I heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, right? I think this is the... Dad, I think this is the first time we've uh, spent Father's Day together in... in uh, a, a while? Long, a long time. In yeah. Like, yeah, like 20... Maybe thirty years. Yeah, it's a long time, wow. probably. So, yeah. so here we go. Um, okay, so Jake, let's talk about first off. What is Walk the Talk America? Walk the Talk America is a nonprofit. It's five hundred one c three, and we are originated from the gun industry. Founded by a guy named Michael Sudini, whose uh, family imported firearms uh, from across the world into the U.S. for uh, multiple generations, and he 
sold off his part of the company to focus on this uh, endeavor full time a couple of years back. And uh, the idea was at its core to prevent suicide firearm by bridging the gap between mental health and firearms ownership and uh, joining the two cultures. So I am a marriage and family therapist by trade. I practice in Nevada where I'm licensed and I own and operate a, a company called Zephyr Wellness. We do outpatient counseling. And I met Mike because I host a podcast called Noggin Notes. And back in 2019, I learned about the organization, reached out to him. And I said, man, this is a really cool concept because I'm a gun owning clinician and there aren't too many of us out there. Why don't you come on my show? So he came on my show. We talked for a little while. We met and, uh, became BFFs and I realized I had a role to play. So since then I've been involved in the organization. So I'm the mental health of the guns and mental health basically. Wow. So what being a gun owning, a gun owning clinician, does that make you uh, a minority or, or is that common or what, what is your experience? Uh, social pariah among my peer colleagues wow. is probably the best way to describe it. It's, it's not that bad, but there are uh, people in my professional community who look askance upon firearms and by extension firearms owners. And so they, as much as we like to brag about being non-judgmental and, and so forth, we, we really do tend to become pretty rigid in our beliefs. And some of those beliefs are that guns are bad and guns should go away. And, uh, we, we remain ignorant of gun culture. So part of what walk to talk does is we offer continuing education courses for physicians and mental health practitioners to learn about what it means to be a gun owner so that we don't uh, chase people away with our own ignorance of the community when somebody comes in looking for help. And then the flip side of that coin is to demystify what the counseling process is for firearms owners so that they're not scared to come in thinking that they're going to lose their rights. Yeah, that is a huge, that is, that is huge. I would imagine though, you know, we're talking very broadly about the medical health uh, or, or medical uh, community in general. I would imagine it's very different depending on where you are in, uh, in, in the medical field. You know, I would, I would imagine that, uh, uh, you know, um, mental health folks probably have uh, had bad experiences with with patients, and therefore it, it's led them to, um, you know, kind of a one sided view. Whereas, you know, other other people in in the medical field probably have a very positive view. It just probably depends very very uh, heavily on what their personal experience is. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know. Uh, <sighs> What we're trying to do, obviously, is is empower our people with you know licenses who treat folks to be more culturally aware and competent. And I know cultural awareness is you know sort of a DEI buzzword these days, but really that's what the gun community is. It's the culture, and and we need to educate our folks uh, to be competent and comfortable having a conversation when a uh, firearms owner comes in and say they, that maybe they're not in crisis, right? Maybe they're not suicidal. And even though we center on suicide, that's, that's not what brings people into care. What brings them into care is a whole bunch of things. And sometimes it's not even about you. It's about your child. So if you, through the course of the conversation, maybe this parent of this kid who's struggling says, yeah, we love to go out and shoot in the desert or whatever, because I live in Nevada and we shoot in the desert. And then the, the clinician gets all skittish and weird because they don't understand that in our culture, so much safety is built in, so much awareness is built into what we do that we don't just randomly take our kids out and hand them guns and you know go plinking at each other, right? So we need to help them understand so that everybody has a good experience. You know, we want we want people entering counseling or dentistry or primary care or pediatrics. Uh, comfortable and confident that when they enter in there, they're not going to be looked upon as being weird uh, just because they're in the gun community. And let's face it, like 
half of Americans either own a gun or live with one. So we can't afford to be willfully ignorant of this. Um, and, and so in doing so, we want to make sure that the invitation to get care is uh, appropriate and extended to everybody. Yeah, you know, so right now if uh, there's a there's a big push and I don't think I've ever actually run into this and the reason I don't think I've run into it is because I would remember throwing a fit. Um, you know, people go to their uh, doctor and one of the questions they ask is, you know, is there a gun in the home or, or you know and and that right. really if we're being honest, what it does is it it prompts the physician to decide if they want to have a conversation and if they want to have a conversation, the conversation is uh, you know, guns are bad, you know, is, is, it's, it's not, it, it really, if we're all being really honest and we boil this down, it was an opportunity for anti-gun folks to get, uh, the medical community involved in demonizing, uh, you know, guns and, right. and, uh, you know, I, I really truly, I mean, like I said, is there some nuance, that, you know, to, could I have spent 45 minutes explaining it? Yeah. But if you really boil it down, that's what's going on. I don't think that's the role for the medical community. Um, but what, what do you, th- what is, is there a role for the medical community when it comes to firearms and, and, uh, you know, gun crime? And, and if so, what do you think it is? Um, that's, that's a loaded question, probably, uh, more time than we have a lot <laughs> in this show, but, yeah. but the, the nutshell is that this originated from the suicide prevention community and everybody thought that and everybody in the suicide prevention community thought, well, firearms are the most lethal way to take one's life. They're the most effective, um, Let's let's at least screen people for depression when they come in for care. And uh, one of those questions will be about the gun. Right. And then maybe we can have our physicians or practitioners have a, a conversation about, well, if you're sort of depressed and you sort of have a gun in the home, then maybe you sort of shouldn't. And that's not how it's worked. How it's worked is it's just encumbered the clinical staff with yet another screening to do when they already have limited time to conduct whatever they're going to conduct in the office. So it's become cumbersome. It's awkward. It's clumsy. It's off-putting. And nobody's equipped to have that conversation anyway, because quite, quite frankly, the instance of somebody coming in suicidal to, say, a primary care visit when they're just getting their blood work done is infinitesimal. It just doesn't happen. So we've wasted a lot of people's time and money, but the suicide prevention community gets to talk about what they did. They did something, right? We did the zero suicide training with all the doctors in whatever area. So that's where it came from. But really, it's just a big waste. What we should be doing, in my estimation, instead of suicide prevention, and suicide prevention is good and that's fine, but what we should be doing is getting farther upstream from that and teaching people how to conduct themselves in their lives appropriately so that they remain mentally well. And one of the things that I like to do is teach emotional functioning. So I have a whole video series on what your brain does in response to environment, what your 10 core emotions are. And if you can know that, you can respond better to the environment, you can improve your communication, and you don't slide into depression, anxiety, subsequently leading to possibly suicide. So we need to get upstream from it and stop with the, you know, the, the ultimate most tragic outcome, which is self-death or death of others, just homicide, and start keeping people well early on. And, and if I may put a bow on this, uh, one of the things I say frequently is I'm trying to work myself out of a job. <laughs> what I mean by that is when I do things like podcasts and radio shows and YouTube videos and all that is I'm trying to disseminate the information in the community so that people stop coming through my door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, granted, it's a little bit of a paradoxical business model to say that, but I'd, I'd happily work any other job to pay my bills if it meant that I was living in a healthy, happy community where nobody needed my counseling. 
The, well, you, so they just did a big study here in, in San Diego, and they spent a bunch of money, the county did, um, to get this totally slanted, biased organization to do a, 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 a scientific study, uh, which was so sloppily done, you know. But anyway, um, what they found out, they did a study, it was trying to prevent or reduce gun violence. Um, mm. uh, and what they did is... Uh, they, they studied, you know, everybody that had died from a firearm over a certain period of time, they did a bunch of things, but when they found, when they looked at that, when they looked to see, all right, how, you know, someone who's died in a firearms involved, what does that look like? And they really found what we've been saying all along, what everybody kind of knows is that, uh, it was like 70% were suicides and 30% were some other kind of homicide. Right. And then there was a matches the national pie chart. And there was a teeny tiny, you know, I think it was like 29.9% and and 69.9%. There was a teeny tiny fraction of, uh, you know, like other. Um, and uh, I part the homicide part, uh, you know, I, I talked to the, the guy that was doing this and I said, well, what kind of homicides are we talking about? Um, and then the suicide part, it was all about, well, how do we prevent someone who's suicidal from getting a tool, one of the many tools they could use to commit suicide? Not what you're d- d- uh, suggesting, which is why don't we solve the suicide problem? That seems like a, a, a you know bigger bigger uh, uh, solution. It's not a band aid. That's the an actual solution. And the, you know the looks I got were you know there was no no suggestion from this organization to do that. Um, it was it was all about uh, you know which is exactly what there was it was designed to be it was all about trying to clamp down on on gun owners and blame gun owners and vilify guns and 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 that type of thing is it does no justice it does no good for people who are going through some kind of mental health crisis and it really isn't gonna it's not gonna touch the numbers in a positive way like we'd hope but no we, but I mean let, let's face it I mean it's not politically expedient to chase down root causes you know the root yeah. cause may be broken home it may be inability to tolerate distress it may be alcoholism and you know some, something much deeper and nobody's running their campaign to raise money from their donors on hey stick with me for 20 years i'll get this solved i'll get it solved right much more easy is let's let's control guns right fund fund me i'll, I'll go back and control the guns and people are like yeah 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 that'll stop it. hey jake on the other side of the break i want to i want to talk about a very blunt question. Why should gun, gun owners care about this? And I, I think it's an important but but blunt question. Let's talk about that on the other side. I of have the an answer. And All nobody right. wants to solve the gun problem. The guys on the... I mean, what else would they do if they solved it? Right? Put themselves out of business. They'd have to go, they'd have to go get a real job. Oh, they couldn't do that, even though in and out is hiring. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. But they've been using it ever since. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County's self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, then you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the organization to help get more pro-Second Amendment officials elected. You need to become a member today, ocgunowners.com slash join. All right, we're talking to Jake from Walk the Talk America, and uh, before we went to the break, uh, we asked... uh, 
you know, let's talk about why why should gun owners care about mental health and and its relationship to firearms? Why should we care about suicide? You know, other than obviously the the human aspect that hey, we're all humans, we should all care about each other, but you know, why specifically should the gun gun owner community get involved and why does it matter? Uh, because it improves everything you know about your life. Um, and, and, and I, and I'm not being glib or tongue in cheek when I say that I'm not, I'm not just, you know, pumping this up because it's my profession. When I got into graduate school, I had a head full of ideas about a lot of things that were implanted over many years and I was wrong about a lot of them. And I can tell you that what I learned through my education, my training, my experience is that I don't know everything and being humble and holding loosely to my beliefs and ideas has made me a happier, healthier, more balanced person. And so when I say hold loosely to your beliefs and ideas, I don't mean don't have any. I mean, be very, very, very well anchored, but be willing to change your mind. And one story that I'll share with you guys is a little vulnerable, and that's okay because I try to teach men to be vulnerable, and that's how we create intimacy. So that's a good thing. But um I, before I met up with Mike and met all the guys, Walk Talk America and uh, went to all the conferences and trade shows and whatnot, I was one of those, yeah, gun rights, yeah, cool, but nobody really needs an AR-15, guys. And even though I owned one, I was like, yeah, nobody really needs an AR-15. And then I got into the community and I understood the difference between need and right. And I, it's weird because I've, I've studied constitutional literature forever, all the way back to high school. I was in Nevada Boys State. I was a counselor. I was all about rights and seminal documents. But it never really clicked until I got into the community. I really understood the culture of what the firearms community is about and the Second Amendment and our civil right to self-defense and to firearms ownership. So I allowed myself to change my mind on that. I moved off of the position of yeah, you know, nobody really needs an AR-15. We could probably have reasonable gun control laws, right? No, that's that's not right. So that's one example of how I've been able to harmonize my life and be happier and healthier and actually be a stronger voice and an advocate for many, many different things, not just this topic, because I allowed myself to be vulnerable, to learn something new, to say, well, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe my ideas about the world aren't aren't all they're cracked up to be change my mind and grow. And I think that's why mental health is so important. It's not just about this psychological mumbo jumbo with a bunch of fancy terms and polysyllabic words and people with letters after their names. It's about being able to change one's mind with confidence, knowing that you're going to connect better with human beings down the road. And one of those ways I mentioned it earlier is emotional functioning. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of men in the gun community, a lot of men broadly are just like, I don't want to talk about my feelings. It's like, well, yeah, but I'm a dude. I talk about my feelings and I teach feelings for a living, but I teach it in a, in a very solid, practical, tangible way that connects this very important physiological function of what is emotion and how do you use it in a, in a manner that makes sense. Right. And through that, you get better relationships, your marriage improves, your parenting improves, your boss-employee relationships improve. Uh, you just become healthier overall. So that's why gun owners should care. And if I may put a cherry on top of this ice cream that I just dished out, sure. if you're really proficient at your firearm, you want to be mentally balanced so that when you face a crisis, God forbid you ever do, you don't fight, flight, or freeze. You can turn on your logic brain and work through the deployment of that firearm in a concealed carry situation or a home defense situation 
that's why this is so important. It's not just about my anxiety or my depression or my mood disorder. Yeah, those are all interesting and important things that may bring you into the office, but it's about day-to-day living. And, I, and that's what I say. I want to work myself out of a job. That's why I push this information in the public. I want people solving their own problems in their own kitchens and their own workspaces. You know, it's interesting. Years ago, I was on uh, local NBC and we were having a debate um, over a couple of different uh, gun things with, with somebody from the Brady organization and in the green room before the show, uh, you know, I got to talking with them. And at one point, they actually indicated to me that that guns were actually a cause of suicide. And I, I remember really kind of digging in there and going, "Wait, wait, wait! Are you, are you actually you're actually saying that that guns cause suicide? That there that there are situations where a suicide would not have occurred if not there, you know, if not for or someone wouldn't have had suicidal thoughts had they uh, had there not been you know had access to a firearm." And one of the things which I think is ludicrous, but one of the things I talk about um, is the there's a real good comparison with Japan. You know, Japan has uh, mm-hmm. um, a significantly higher percentage of people who commit suicide and have like no guns. Right. So, I, I, what I want you to talk about is first off the the comment that they made or, or what they were indicating that you know, firearms somehow actually cause suicide, and then the comparison to Japan is that fair? No, it's it's lunacy. Uh, firearms do not cause anything. Firearm is an inanimate object and it just sits there. Now, are you more likely to reach for that in a moment of crisis because you know that it will end your life much more rapidly and more effectively than, say, the pills in the medicine cabinet? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can have that discussion. But we can't have this discussion that it somehow causes suicide. That's, that's absurd. We have no empirical research to justify it uh, and look no further than Japan. Also, uh, Connecticut, I believe, was the first state to implement a red flag law, and I think it was 2009. And Connecticut, you know, thumps its chest very uh, sternly, and as do a lot of these other states that have had red flag laws for a number of years. They say, look, 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 our gun suicide rate has gone down. Yeah, cool. Well, what's your overall suicide rate done? Just like every other state in the nation, it's gone up, except for Nevada. Nevada held steady between 2020 and 2021. We're very proud of that. We didn't go up or down. But every other state over the last 12 years has increased in its suicide uh, rate. And and that's because America as a whole has increased in its suicide rate. So all you did was squeeze the balloon and you made air go from one area to another. You didn't actually address the problem. So addressing the problem is what we want to do. We want to have reasonable conversations about this that have nothing to do with the inanimate object by which you choose to take your life. If we're going to have that conversation, we need to talk about high places and sharp objects and ropes and all sorts of things, right? So it, it, that for me, that's a non-starter. Yeah, we're, it's our organization, this gun show, we're, we're completely against gun violence restraining orders. I personally have seen them uh, used predatorily, and uh, it's a mess. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not good. I, and, and, you know, that's just uh, more uh, more evidence uh, that, we're, that we're right on that. But I want, I want to talk about uh, what you just said about Americans uh, – you know, there's an increase in suicide. What, what, talk about that. Why, why are we, you know, we're the freest place on earth. We're the, you know, uh, richest nation, you know, whatever, blah, 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 all these positives. Why are, why are Americans committing suicide? Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to go into opinion land here and deviate from the sure. literature for a moment. And yeah. I, and I think that it's, it's largely because we are so opulent. We've become bored and we have to take up fights that don't need battle. Uh, so a lot of the cultural battles that you see these days that occupy news headlines, there are people who have so much 
free time and resources that they need to conquer something. They need a conquest. And Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. And, you know, in an, in an, a country that's so rich in resources that we don't have anything really to, to fight for, what do you do? You make, you make up fights, right? Now, if we peel that back just a little bit, there is some research now uh, from Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. Yeah, big fan. Stuff. Big um, fan of his. He's great. Um, he's, he's now starting to conclude, not just simply make correlations, but conclude that social media is the leading cause of teen mental illness in America. And so when I do talks about this with parents and school groups and so forth, I say, get your kids off social media. I, I don't, I don't care if they're already on. I don't care if you haven't started no social media. And you know, four, four or five years ago, I could have made an argument that there's maybe a reasonable plus minus there that balances out. I can't anymore. And the research proves that. So I think in addition to our opulence and becoming fat, dumb and happy and not having any real you know, battles to, to fight as individuals or collectively, we also have multiple, multiple distractions that pull us away from our roots. So think back to when I said, it's okay to have beliefs and opinions and be well anchored in them, but hold them loosely. I think largely we've gone unanchored and now people are simply adrift, pinging off of each other and what grabs their attention in the next brightest, shiniest thing. And that's not good either, because if you don't, if you're not anchored and you don't know who you are, you can have some real personality issues. You've got some real identity issues. And as these identity and personality issues fail to be anchored, what you end up becoming is a reflection of what looks cool. And so when that happens, you're left adrift in the metaphorical sea. And as the, the winds blow, your ship gets tossed back and forth. You don't know where you're going. You're very lost. You're very confused. It's very wet and stormy, and you have no anchor. And that is why people are taking themselves out of life. They're diving into drugs and alcohol. They're um, opting for alternate identities, all in a pursuit of something tangible that makes them anchored. And unfortunately, everything they reach for is is fleeting. So I think that's why America's suicide rate continues to climb in spite of all of our decadence. They're, everything they reach for is fleeting. That's, geez, that's, that, that sentence right there is just about as so, <laughs> wow, that's really, well, really well, sad. It, it, that's it's a horrible created, thing to right? think about. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you create something for yourself that you want to achieve, thinking that you're going to find happiness, being that you're the one who created it and it's no bigger than you, you've essentially made yourself God of your own world, except once you arrive, there's something else beyond that yet to be discovered. So it's a, it's a never ending cycle. And when I talk about happiness, which is one of our core, core 10 emotions, happiness is not to be pursued. Happiness is to be found in the moment. And moment by moment, you can find this. So instead of looking for an arrival point, what you want to do is just be grateful now and find reasons to be uh, appreciative and give thanks. And that's what that's what really floats people. It's not it's not some destination. It's actually you know, it's the journey. And this is, you know, there's a song lyric about that somewhere, I'm sure. But um, that, I think that's what, what we've lost. We've lost gratitude. We've lost appreciation. And, you know, if we take this back to the firearms community, um, let's make sure that we're being grateful and appreciative and modeling this for our kids. When we go out to the range or we take up another class or we roll our eyes at the CCW that I have to recertify for this Saturday to pay for my own right to carry, um, I can I can shift my focus and say, you know what? No, this is a good opportunity for me to be grateful that I do have the resources to own a firearm, the access to, to practice, the people around me to make me better, et cetera, et cetera, instead of lamenting the, you know, 
whatever it is, the cost of ammo. You know what? You got to get your own radio show, dude. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. You have time? Can you stick with us for another segment, Jake? Yeah, man. Okay. I have two podcasts, so I don't think I need another radio show. But <laughs> there you go. Now, we were just going to talk you into staying for another segment. Yeah, no, I can do that. Yep. yep All right. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. FM 96.1 North County. And AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. The board does. The board does. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961-1170. The answer. Hey, have you ever wanted to get a pilot's license? Well, you could do it here in San Diego. Pilots can fly almost every single day. And San Diego makes one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. You can learn how to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. You can check out this great deal. Just for Gun Owner Radio listeners, you can get one hour of ground school and one hour of flight with an instructor. Yep, you'll actually get to fly. Normally it's $400, but for you guys, $350. Getting started is super easy. Call them at 858-569-1822, or you can just go to Learn to Fly with SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. Yeah, Dad, you and I were just kind of talking about, like, why, you know, everything's kind of falling apart. You know, people are unhappy, and we were talking about how, uh, you know, just the other day we were having a conversation. I was saying that, Nothing, nothing seems to be special anymore, that no one's accomplishing anything. Uh, people are frustrated. It's a, you know, and our, our guest, uh, Jake, said that we're all fat, dumb, and happy. And I don't know. What, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you think, Dad? You, you've, what, what percentage of the you, – you told me the other day that you've, uh, you've been alive for what percentage of the United States history? I'm 80, I was 82 two days ago. Yeah. That's about one-third of the entire existence of the United States <laughs> yeah. of America. So what do you think the issue is in, in your 82 oh, years? If you had well, to give a couple I, sentences. I'm not much of a philosopher, so I'll, I'll kind yeah. of pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but he is a politician. Did you see that answer? <laughs> on, yeah. on, on Father's Day and after your 82nd birthday, what advice do you have for, for uh, an 18-year-old going into the world today? Well, I, I think uh, I, I do look back a little bit. You kind of live for the moment instead of mm. trying to cure the problems of the world mm-hmm. and as it reflects on you. You, you. you enjoy the moment. Right. You enjoy the moment. Well, I think an 18-year-old, if they don't know what they're doing, needs to go in the military for at least two years. Well, you know, I was 25 years in the Navy. Yeah, see, I, well, and probably before you went in the Navy, did you plan to stay 25? No. No. <laughs> you just didn't really know what else you wanted to do? I didn't either. I went in, and it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. talk about getting it. meant to cut all your hair off, man. It messes you all up. Well, you know, there's a uh, Jake. There's actually, yeah, yeah Jake's Jake? there. Jake, there's yeah. a there's an organization in in town. Uh, this guy, great guy, um, who runs it, um, and it's called Boys to Men. It's it was started uh, a couple decades ago, and what they do is they go into schools and they say, okay, principal, you know, show us the four or five kids or two or three kids that are causing all the problems, and they take those kids and they put them into this program, and it was interesting talking to them. Uh, 80-something percent of these kids don't have a dad, you know? And mm-hmm. he's talking about – and they, they, they uh, set them up with, uh, uh, you know, uh, men who are mentors, and they, they do events where they have to accomplish something. To me, it actually kind of sounded like bo- – like I was a Boy Scout. It kind of sounds like Boy Scouts. And really what it is is it's this rite of passage that people have to go through 
Um, you know, they have to accomplish things. They have to prove things to themselves and others. And, you know, his track record of improving people's lives is, is amazing. And I think that's part of what you're, what you're describing when you're, when you're talking about how, you know, what, what's gone wrong with society today. Yeah. Find some anchoring, right. Get some, get a role model, get somebody who's walked a path ahead of you and can show you how to do it. And then honestly, what you're describing sounds a lot like our kids to Kings program. It's not our program, but we partner with kids to Kings and Devin Perkins is the the guy who leads that up. He's down in Georgia. And what he does, he goes into the schools and he takes these inner city youth and teaches them gun safety and also, uh, well-being, you know, not just mental, but physical and emotional and social well-being. Um, he primarily focuses on, on black kids. Devin's a black guy and he's in Atlanta and that's what he's doing. He's pulling these kids largely fatherless and, um, putting them through program and he integrates gun safety because in the inner city, there's lots of illegal, you know, unsecured firearms and he's teaching them how to avoid them, uh, use them properly, know what to do when, you know, confronted, uh, Kevin Dixie, who's a good friend of ours too. He's, uh, he's now also in Georgia. He's originally from Missouri. He does a similar type of thing with dads though. He focuses on the dads and he pulls them in and, um, and teaches them, you know, good fatherly behavior to, to get intimate with their kids. And I think that's, what's lacking. Honestly, it's, it's intimacy. When we're staring at our screens, we're separated. When we're diving into our work and we don't have any good boundaries, we take our work home with us, we're separated. And we need to return to the nuclear unit of the family so that we can connect in a healthy way. And, you know, it's not just, you know, shaking our finger at at our children anymore, but they're actually seeing us model what we want of them, which is consistency and good values and good boundaries and so forth. You know, you were talking about Jonathan Haidt, um, and uh, I've I've really j- just uh, loved his work for for years. And for for those who don't know, I've talked to him about him on the show. We actually tried to get him on the show, um, but I've talked about him on the show before. He, what I know, where, where I first found him is he was a professor at NYU, and he was mm-hmm. self proclaimed left of center. He thought he was fairly uh, left of center, and he started doing his uh, research on why people make decisions or why they have the opinions they have, especially politically. And he came up with his six moral foundations theory. And I, San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, our, uh, Inland Empire gun owners, our entire messaging is based on his research, which, which is, uh, I, I think it was uh, groundbreaking research on how people communicate with each other, you know, what, what's important to people and why they actually base their communications on uh, or what they uh, base their opinions on, which is which is fascinating. I'm, I'm not going to give a whole lecture on what he found out, but that's how impactful it's been. Is uh, political messaging uh, ran with it. a lot of different messaging ran with it because he did such an amazing job. But then after that, he went in and did some research um, and kind of he tried to figure out where the woke culture started and came from, and uh, you mm-hmm. know tr- tracked it down. And I, I guess the reason I bring that up is I want people to know this isn't some far right wing, you know, guy with an agenda. I mean, this guy was self-proclaimed, you know, way left of center, um, has done some really impactful uh, uh, research and work. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. What, t- talk a little bit more about, uh, about, you know, him and what he's found and, and what you like about him. Uh, so the first thing I'll, I'll share is his uh, substack is just his name, jonathanheight.substack.com. You find all this research. And what's cool about it is it's open source. It's not open source, meaning you can contribute to it, but um, it's all presented in a, like a Word doc, running Word doc or you know, spreadsheet where you can see why he's done what he's done. And his colleagues, um, 
Greg Lukianoff at uh, FIRE, which is a free speech uh, institute, and uh, Gene Twenge, who's written some books on uh, Generation Me and iGeneration, and uh, they're they're at the forefront of this stuff. And and I'll just drop some knowledge real quick. Um, So if anybody's familiar with statistical analysis or statistics, there's something called an R value that's a correlational value, meaning if, if two things are highly, highly correlated, like gravity to falling objects, you'd have a one-to-one correlation, be 1.0. Something that's not very correlated, the number gets smaller, uh, so less than one, not negative, but less than one. So, for example, somebody did a study on uh, eating potatoes and mental illness, and the correlation is 0.01, so not correlated. And um, if you get into public health matters, when, when they start to launch public health campaigns, like, say, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, eating calcium, eating extra calcium for uh, postmenopausal women to boost their, you know, uh, bone density and avoid osteoporosis or whatever it is. Um, that's like a 0.08 correlation. So, so getting higher, right? And usually public health, they want it 0.05 or higher. All right. So when we're talking about teens and their connection to uh, mental illness through social media, boys have a uh, 0.09 to 0.11 correlation of exposure to social media and mental illness. Girls are double that. They're between 0.2 and 0.22. So we're like off the charts. There should be public messaging about keeping your kids off social media. Now, let me drive this point home real quick. The correlation to lead exposure in childhood and brain damage in adulthood is 0.09. So it's equal to or less than boys and half as much as girls, and yet we just hand our devices to, to boys and girls. Jeez. And this is what Height found in his research. Um, it's 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 so, it's scary. So right? what is what's going on? Like what what's happening on social media that's 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 uh, you know giving them mental health issues? So not all social media are created equal. Um, for boys, the reason it's a little lower is boys tend to be a little a uh, little more resilient, a little more um, solve their problems and move on. Girls tend to linger, but. Uh, separate and apart from that, boys' social media looks something like role-playing games, action games, Roblox, um, Minecraft, where there's an interactive component and a chat feature. Girls tend to draw more toward the image stuff, so like Tumblr and TikTok and Instagram and uh, and Snapchat. And within those realms, what happens is there's constant posting, there's uh, feedback on the posts in the form of likes and comments, and you can hear him explain all this stuff. Look, look up height on any podcast and he explains it much better than I do. But what ends up happening is these girls uh, get into a competition and it's not enough just to turn the phone off and set it aside because even though they set that aside, say for school, their brains are still thinking about what they're missing. Boys don't tend to do that because boys, because they're playing games with other boys, they turn it off and they go to class and they're there and they're all there. So they're not, they're not really missing anything in the posting culture. So that's what's happening, not to mention the bullying and the targeting and the grooming. And, and I don't mean just like sexual grooming, but like advertisement grooming. You know, people are trying to recruit your kids to buy stuff, and they, they do that through getting them to buy, buy it through you, right? So, so there's lots and lots of pressures to keep up and, and catch up and compare and contrast. And ultimately what that does is erode self-confidence to the point that they just get full of anxiety and depression. Wow. And then it leads to identity disturbances and suicidal ideation and self-harm. So that's, it, it's all very not good. Well, that this is, this has been fascinating. I'm really glad we went into this. It was a little kind of maybe not exactly on topic, but it, how fascinating. What a, it's great information, but let's circle back. 
Talk about Walk the Talk America. Where can people find more about Walk the Talk America and how can people help? WTTA, Walk the Talk America, WTTA.org is the website. And uh, you go there, get a free and anonymous mental health screening. Well, everybody likes free and most people like anonymity. So you get a free screening. Um, that helps you check in on yourself. We also have a bunch of resources. We're building out a 50-state provider directory. I'll make a plug for my own agency, even though we're in Nevada. We got a lot of resources there, zephyrwellness.org. You can find my emotional functioning video series on that, too. All right, buddy. Awesome, awesome job. Thank you very much. We look forward to, you know, circle backing with you down the road. Gentlemen, have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. You too. Happy Father's Day. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961-1170. The Answer. FM 961-1170. The answer. Anybody wants to go to Ruth Chris <laughs> with Mike and his dad, just give us a call. You got the money. There you go. Absolutely. And by the way, you're taking him to Ruth Chris. Yeah. And you send me to the Mongolian. Oh, my gosh. Dave Stahl has the, the uh, palate of a five-year-old child. Yes. You can Meat and taters. Meat and taters. We took him to a Himalayan place, Dad, which Mm. is basically Indian food, right? Right. You know? We took him to this Himalayan place. You would think that we were just like shoveling raw fish guts into his mouth or something like that. I ate nothing. Did I eat anything? No. No, I didn't eat nothing. It was was delicious, by the way. It was not either. (laughs) Alicia even got sick. I didn't even know. And then we tried to take take him to the, the fish house that we went to last night, and he wouldn't go to the fish house. He wouldn't. I told you, mate and titers. I'll go to Cruz Riss with you. Uh, Cruz Riss. Chris Ruth or Ruth Chris. Anyway, Inland Empire gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. Become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment. That's iegunowners.com slash join. Yesterday, I was a judge at a professional barbecue competition. Nice. How was it? Ribs, tri-tip, chicken, thighs. How did I not get that invite? Well, I'll... Who was it? It's up in Ramona, buddy of mine. I mean, and he lives like on a ranch. He kind of... It's got an old cowboy bar, and it's got a cowboy grocery store. But he does it every year, and I got invited last year, and I was like, oh, my... Goodness, that sounds amazing. How was it? It was good. I've never done. Have you ever done competition judging for a barbecue? No. Yeah, they get a piece of paper and you get six thighs. Yeah, you have to judge the look. Then you take one bite. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds delicious. Thanks for rubbing that in. Take nothing of it yeah. since you're going to Ruth Chris tonight. <laughs> Which one are you going to? Uh, Delmar's got the best view. It's got a better view than downtown. Oh, you're not going to the downtown one? No, I like the one in Delmar. I like the one downtown. I didn't even I like know the there one. was one in Delmar. Yeah, it's right in the uh, right off the five. It looks right down a valley onto the ocean. Although oh, okay. with the, it's a little overcast, so I don't know if we're going to see anything. But I like it. It's good. And you know they have steak. Where are you staying? You staying? I'm going to stop being a vegan for you one. Stay day. in La Jolla. <laughs> You're going to stop what? <laughs> where where, you, gonna, where uh, are you staying? Down in uh, San Diego. Okay. Uh, in like a, in this, uh, off the 94, it's this dome home. 
It's cool. Oh, it's called. What's a it ge- called, Dad? It's, it's a, a geodesic a, dome. Geodesic dome. Yeah. I wanted one so bad I could taste it. It's cool. Hey, look, your dad's got an iPhone. <clears throat> He's high tech. All right, subscribe and win. Subscribe to our email list and win some swag. This week's winner is they didn't give their name. They just gave it's DWN Fire Safety. DWN Fire Safety. Oh, if yeah. you uh, if you are DWN Fire Safety, you are this week's winner. You're going to want to email prizes at gunownersradio.com to claim your T-shirt or hat. That's prizes at gunownersradio.com to claim your T-shirt or hat. Uh, free training for members. The winner will be announced next Sunday. Members sign up at gunownersradio.com slash training, the number four members. That's gunownersradio.com slash training for members. That's the number four. Um, you're gonna you could potentially win a basic pistol shooting course from San Diego Firearms. Uh, it's $140 value, which is very, very awesome. Our buddy Matthias Qualenberg. He presented at the CCW Lifestyle, or uh, presented on the CCW Lifestyle at the symposium at the gun show. We're going to talk. We have some good news about the gun show, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to have another one here coming up, and there's some potentially good news. Uh, oh, gun show gonna, like what we just had, like like what we just had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I believe it's going to be a. Mad, I'm not going to announce it now. We'll talk about it in the next segment. But uh, the symposium, I thought, was a really big part of that. And uh, I, I got to tell you, Rich, who's not here today, Rich, I hope you're out. Enjoying your Father's Day. Yeah. Rich is a fantastic father and yep. uh, a scholar. And He's at Ruth uh, Chris right now. Yeah. <laughs> and a good dude. Yeah. Rich, you're a good dude, man. You really are doing outstanding work. But he's Rich is the reason the symposium happened. And I really believe that, that symposium was, was a big a, success. It was a huge success. Yeah. It was an enormous uh, add to the gun show. I agree. I've actually had people reach out that, it, that went and told me about it. Yeah, what they say? They, they said, said it was good. Awesome. They said it was. I presented. They talk about me specifically. Yeah, they said you no, know all he kept did. talking about was fish. <laughs> it was fish? Oh, so, you know. And yeah. I love geodesic domes. It used to be in Oregon is where they first were built. Yeah. And I I even bought the kit the whole bit. I wanted to build one in the worst way. What what's is there like an advantage? Yeah. Well, what's it's that? an advantage if you're in snow country for well, one because the snow can't so yeah. rough and it falls off. Yeah. And you don't have necessarily have to have air conditioning and heating. Because of the design of the dome, it really hotter rises. It, it circulates. Oh yeah, and they got and there's such cool floor floor pans plans. It's just hard to put curtains in. <laughs> it is cool. I really like. It. It's it's literally cool. How big is it? And uh, figured it's, it's, a a it's a three bedroom. It's a three bedroom. Okay, so I, I don't know what the square footage is. Maybe, yeah, uh, but they're cool. But, uh, I think they're just cool. It's got it's a big cool. master bedroom up top, and then it's got two uh, downstairs. identical downstairs. It's got a big kitchen. I like the open. It's a very open. Oh layout yeah, because it's open all, floor plan. Because there's no walls. Yeah, it's no walls. So. And when you build it, you build it yourself. They come in. They come in these geodesic, and then you bolt it together. That's what he said, right? The guy. On the on the member I was telling you, he said he put it together with his own hands. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it comes, and then they have you have to hire somebody with a crane. Yeah, yeah. So, Dad, you what? Uh, you've been a gun owner pretty much uh, your, what your whole life, most of your life. Pretty pretty much, yeah. Since I was a young teenager. Yeah, yeah. and you, uh, you. But I but I grew up. Remember, I grew up in uh, far northern Wisconsin, where nobody nobody argued. Everybody, uh, you know, we'd go hunting. The kids would go hunting on the sure, weekends. Sure, sure. Uh, you know that's. Hunting, fishing, fishing, yeah. Hunting in Wisconsin is 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 like a. It's just a part of the culture. They just you what, just do what it. What your guest said earlier about uh, healthcare professionals being likely to be anti-gun, yeah, it's just not true now in northern Wisconsin, for yeah. at least. Right. 
Yeah, no. They all hunt. <laughs> they all well, have guns. They all hunt. And, and it's and it's it, it's just this this insanity on the coasts that have just you know. Do you remember? You remember the first gun you bought me? Uh, was it a twenty-two uh, Mohawk? No, 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 no. I don't. It was uh, uh, nineteen eighty-six. I was ten years old, and you got me the uh, Red Rider. Oh, BB the Red. Gun. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, sure. Right after the uh, movie came out. Sure. And I was telling people what movie. Uh, Christmas story, you know, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah, I know. and I was, mom, dad, I'm begging, please, yeah. please. Yeah. Did they have finally, to cut your stock off? No, no. See, yeah. I, they had to cut mine off. They had to cut about two was, inches off. You were so off. tiny. I didn't have that yeah. problem even back then. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so cool. I was telling people, Dad. I don't know if you remember this, but I was telling people, you know, there's the the, the four rules, right? Uh, treat every gun as if it's loaded. Finger off the trigger. Don't point a gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. Know your target. What's beyond. I was telling people, you know, back in the day in the 80s, there was one rule. It was treat every gun as if it's loaded. That's right. And yeah. and you taught me that from, I mean, before I could walk, you know, treat every gun yeah. as if it's loaded. And really, that rule kind of covers the other three. Right. If you're treating a gun as if it's loaded, those other three yeah. just kind of happen. I mean, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad they, they clarified. I like all four. I think it's great. But when I was growing up, that's what you taught me. Treat every gun as if it's loaded. But that's the only one you really need to know. If you do that, then you're not you know, doing the other three wrong. Right. Then Alec Baldwin wouldn't be in the trouble he's in. Yeah. No. Right. That's. I mean, seriously, when you stop and think about it, I so, mean. So, so I have three kids, Mike being one, and and all three of the kids are. He said you were the only have one. Guns. <laughs> he said he was the only one. No. And uh, your favorite. I well, yeah, that's true. He used to be my favorite. But, but not anymore. <laughs> Come on, he bought you a watch. Come that's on. why I got to take him to Ruth's. Yeah, right. Buy him off. Get him back on the, he on may, the good side. He may be my favorite after Ruth's. Today. <laughs> yeah, and a nice watch. And a nice watch. What a great that, Nancy, I hope you're listening. Isn't that a cool watch? That's, <laughs> that's from me and Nancy. An though. N-E-D-U watch. Yeah, yeah. where I used to work. Yeah. Navy Experimental Diving Unit, which I spent nine years there wow. doing uh, diving research. Were you shocked when you seen it? Yes. <laughs> so so, so nobody, nobody leaked? No. No. Look at how good that thing looks. I know. Isn't that amazing? Well, you let him borrow it and let him wear no. it. I Wait a minute. Did you take his picture? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. On He's Instagram? up on the Instagram. Yeah, immediately. Okay, I've seen it. I told I didn't uh, know. You got to start putting who these people it, are. It came a couple of days prior, and I, I opened it and looked at it, and it was like the freaking holy grail. I'm like, oh, my God. This By thing's the way, he, he debated whether to open it or not. No, no, no. I opened it, I looked at it, and I told my sister, I was like, oh, this thing's amazing. I sent her a picture. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And then I finally said, maybe he'll just get a card this year. <laughs> but and that is a true story. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a quick break because you're listening to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. The Answer. San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. The, uh, All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owner Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds? No. Bigger? Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women, led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. That's notmesd.org. 
So we're going to talk about the gun show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But before we do that, Dad, let's talk about your your CCW. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so you, it, it, I, you know, I, I don't mind. You, but tell me if there's if there's some bit of information you know on the on the radio. Just let me know. But you 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 live part time in Virginia. And I live in Virginia in the winter and in northern Wisconsin where I grew up in the summer. In the summer. Smart. So, but you're a, but you're a, um, you're officially a, uh, a resident of, you're a Virginia resident. That's where you're. Correct. So, and I have a CCW in, in Virginia. In Virginia. So he was trying to carry in Wisconsin. And with, with a Virginia CCW? Can't do it. it <laughs> there's no way. Wisconsin does not recognize Virginia in any way, nor because I'm a Virginia resident. Yeah. There is no way I can get a Wisconsin permit. Not even in northern Wisconsin? No, not even. However. So here's what we had to do. However, uh, I can get a Minnesota concealed carry, which is valid in Wisconsin. (laughs) No, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, Well, yeah, yeah, it does. What did you have have to do to get it? So five years ago, I took the the eight-hour training in Wisconsin, which was able to cover Minnesota, went over to Minnesota to the sheriff's, one of the sheriff's offices in Minnesota, right in Hastings, Minnesota, got my no problems. I had the piece of paper from, sure, the, sure. from the class, got my concealed carry, and uh, that's perfectly fine in Wisconsin. And last week, last Saturday, a week ago, I had to take the five year renewal yeah. course. Same thing for which, Minnesota. Which I, you know, I, there's no criticism of Wisconsin. I don't really know why they they don't have reciprocity, but with with Virginia, but. It just doesn't make any sense. We're not helping anybody. You know what I mean? Like no. this, the, that pr- process and procedure that you just went through. How many crimes do you think it stopped? No. None. None. <laughs> Zero. Oh, no. 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 It's not. In it's, fact, it maybe promotes crime because you had to drive there and you probably sped a little bit. We were there. Did you obey the speed limit? You could have hit a not moose. Any, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> you could have hit a moose. <laughs> could have hit a moose. Well, that's true. So one of the things we talked about, we're very, very proud of uh, all the progress that San Diego's made with CCWs, and uh, a lot of folks. You know, before the Supreme Court decision, wouldn't have a CCW uh, if not for the efforts of San Diego County gun owners. We talk about it all the time. We're very proud. It's one of our one of our biggest accomplishments. And then even after the uh, the the Bruin case happened and and uh, they got rid of good cause and everybody started applying, the process has improved so much thanks to uh, us working with the Sheriff's Department. Thanks, you know, to the fact that they were already issuing for years. We'd we'd be really <laughs> behind the eight ball right now if not for uh, what what had already been built. And in the last year, about a year ago, um, we were happy to, to if, 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 if they had issued 200 in a month, that was huge. 200 was a big month. And since the new sheriff took office, Kelly Martinez, since January, uh, they've averaged, averaged over 700 new permits per month. Over 700. We went from 200 being a good month to over 700 a month. She's kept every promise she made. She's taken it very seriously. We're very, very happy with uh, uh, helping to get Kelly Martinez elected. So one of the, so I talked about that at the, at the gun show, gave a seminar, gave two seminars, one each day on how to get your CCW. Had a bunch of people show up, and uh, just like we always do on those seminars, they're very popular. But one of the criticisms was um, of the gun show was that there just weren't enough guns. And the reason there weren't enough guns is because um, the uh, city of San Diego, and specifically the San Diego PD, they have a licensing division, just like the sheriff's department does. Um, you know, so you had to go through the process, fill out paperwork to, you know, say, hey, we're putting on this gun show. And the city attorney, Mara Elliott, her office actually uh, stepped in and said, wait, 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 wait. 
Um, first off, they don't like the fact that there's a gun show, right? So they they went through with a fine tooth comb to figure out how they could, you know, do whatever they could do to stop it. Mm-hmm. So um, the way they did it is they said, hey, you know what? There's a law that says there's a regulation that that says you can only have one FFL per property, and that that FFLs can't um, they can't conduct business off property. Now that's accurate. You know, if you're if you're a gun uh, uh, if you're an FFL if you're a gun dealer a federally licensed gun dealer, um, you can't go conduct business, um, you know, somewhere else. You can't go, uh, anyway, that's, that's, you know, uh, it's all over. That's a federal thing. It's not a state thing. Um, you have to conduct business on your property. Um, but what was, what was the failure here? Um, so, so basically they, they banned, um, uh, they said you can't have any FFLs. They can't come and set up a table. Well, you kind of ask yourself, well, wait a minute. At Del Mar, they had a bunch of FFLs. What's the difference? So the failure uh, in communication here was, you know, these these gun shops, they're coming with some of their wares, some of their guns. They're setting up, and they're advertising their shop. They're not actually selling the gun right then and there. You know, they're saying, hey, this is what I sell. If you're interested, you know, we could put this on hold, make an appointment, come down, and boom, buy the gun for whatever price they're offering. Um, but the, the actual business isn't being conducted at the gun show. And so that, that doesn't mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that they're, they, they haven't moved their FFL <laughs> to the, the business address of the gun show. They're simply, they're doing advertising. Um, and that's a huge miscommunication, but I, I really think but that. But that's the way they can stop it. That's where they try to stop it. Right. right? Because if, if they throw something like that up, then everybody has to stop and do research. They were see. trying to do make do everything they could to make right. everybody miserable. Sure, like if they said, "Well, yeah, but you can't have more than five people in the building because of the fire code." And the one thing that I, I have to, and, and I think we, by the way, what's coming up is I think we've we've solved the problem because um, it really was just a it had a lot to do with with uh, communication. Well, one of and the, the event went. Smooth as butter. It was smooth as butter. They um, have no issues. Not a single issue. Not one problem. They never do these well, gun I shows. Know, but they were hoping. But I always have to <coughs> the surprise on people's face sometimes, some people, when you we point out the fact, look, gun laws, no laws disappear just because you're at a gun show. You know, the the, the other side has done such a good PR job that it's it makes it sound like, you know, a twelve year old can uh, you know go to the gun show and walk away with a with a fully automatic M60? You know, uh, it's, it's not. But they say it all the time. I've never seen people lie blatantly as much as anti-gunners. Right, they're the gun show loophole, right? But they just, I mean, blatantly lie. Well, like as if you can't reach, you know, do a little background check on that and see what's really the truth. But they don't care once they've thrown that rotten tomato and it smacked you in the forehead well guess what it's on your forehead until you clean it off right gun show when they you know gun show loophole what you know they're much better at mm-hmm. uh, at messaging than than uh than and everybody to, gets on board i've actually had arguments with producers you know i'm going on to, to be on a radio show or a tv show and i've talked to the producer and they're telling me oh no, no i'm wrong about these gun well, laws you don't know anything. and i'm very polite and i say well you know here let me show you how this works but if you go to a gun show a gun shop 
You know, they they have to follow all the laws. There's no, I mean, if you just kind of think it through, like if you're just talking to somebody, does it? Do you really think there's a law out there, or do you really think somebody could get away with what you're saying in this state? You know, hey, gun You know, all these laws apply to you, Mister Gun Shop. But if you go to a, you know, the parking lot of a, you know, Mason's Lodge. Then all those laws disappear. Right. We, we're carving out an and exception. And you can sell every gun you have in the store. It doesn't even make any sense. I know. You know, if you just think it through, it doesn't make any sense. So I actually went to the top. I went to the police chief, uh, Dave Neeslet, police chief for San Diego PD, and uh, just explained myself. Here's what's going on. You know, you're, you're as high as it gets, you know, in this organization mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, if it makes sense, let's see what we can do about moving forward. You know, let me just explain, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And it seems to make sense that it looks like we're going to be able to move forward, which means that you are going to be able to have uh, guns at the gun show again. Isn't that amazing? But again, and in California, you know, the laws are a little bit more stringent. Um, but at the gun show, you have to go through an FFL, any transfer. You know, if if dad and I are, uh, well, actually, that's that's not true. My dad and I, that's a different procedure. But if you and I were going to sell each other a gun, you know, right. we'd have to go through a gun shop. Got to go through an FFL. Background check. 10-day wait period. Um, you know, you, you have to. You illegally, uh, you have to go through a uh, um, a background check. Whether it's at a gun show, whether it's mm-hmm. in our backyard, whether it's here at the studio, whatever it is. Um, and that all happens at, at the gun shows. Well, so, my, wi- or my wife's cousin bought that Smith & Wesson. Yeah. Private party. Yeah, had to go through an FFL. Well, the F the five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna? You, you gotta. We gotta post. Is, are they done with that thing? Yeah. Yet? Oh my god. We gotta post pictures. Oh of how good that god. thing. No. What, what, what I need to do is I already talked to him. Uh, is take you to the range, let you shoot it. <laughs> well, guns scare me. I've actually never shot a five hundred. That's like you might as well. It's like a bazooka. It's that a thing's, cannon. That thing's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, um, the you don't uh, I so shoot it. Look for. Uh, I think probably in about the next 60 to 90 days, there will be an announcement. There will be another gun show. And it's looking like our work with with uh, with the city and specifically the SDPD and more specifically the chief, who's been awesome, uh, I think that uh, you're going to see a much improved uh, gun show. So everybody out there, there's a bunch of grumpy grumps out there. They're just like, oh, well, it's not perfect. Okay, help us out. Yeah, we're trying to, you know what I mean? We're yeah. doing something. We're trying to do something good and see we're taking steps forward. You know, uh, uh, so, you know, help us out. Come to the next gun show. You're going to have a blast. There's going to be a lot more guns. I'm going to make sure of it. We're doing good work. Um, you know, and if, if you haven't uh, become a member of San Diego County Gun Owners, because that's the kind of work we do. That's the, It's not sexy. It's not dying on a hill. Um, it's uh, it's the kind of, you know, work working through bureaucracy that needs to happen. So. So that's good stuff. So when we get back on the next segment, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Mara Elliott and talk about something that's uh, going on in her office and uh, some local politics. And then uh, we got a couple other things going on. So stay tuned. All right. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. Is it the electric? The answer. All right, a lot of companies waste 
an enormous amount of money and marketing. And the, the design is excellent. The photos are great. Your website looks great, but it's just not getting any customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with Sage Tree. Sage Tree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. Just visit sagetree.com, click on the schedule an appointment button at sagetree.com, and click on the schedule a call button. So we actually have a couple of things to talk about. The first thing that we haven't mentioned yet is, uh, you know, there's a special election. Nathan uh, Fletcher, everybody's favorite. Um, step down. He is gone. He is in our political rearview mirror. And I got to tell you, I hope I hope he never comes back. He was a, such a bad guy. He was such a bad guy for so many years. Um, I know Democrats that are that are happy uh, that he's gone, uh, and, and let alone you know every Republican in San Diego. So it's a good thing Nathan's gone. You know, good riddance to bad rubbish. Um, uh, you know, beat it. You know. Don't let the door hit you, you know? Uh, no. So that means there's going to be an election, Dave. Did you know that? Yes, indeedy. Who's running? So there are uh, a number of people running, but I think the top three are um, uh, Janessa oh, – I just forgot her last name. Janessa Goldberg? Okay. Goldblatt? I think it's Goldblatt. Goldblatt? I'm sorry, Janessa. I'm truly not trying to butcher your name. But, uh, she's running. Um, she's a Democrat. There's uh, Monica uh, uh, Montgomery Step. She's the city council member in uh, I forget which district, but she I think it's District Four in in San Diego. And she is a she's a Democrat. I think she's probably the most likely to get. I think she actually just got endorsed by the Democratic Party, so she's the endorsed uh, Democrat. And then there's Amy Reichart. Who, of course, ran. She was uh, a part of Open San Diego with the whole COVID situation, mm-hmm. and uh, she ran last time when they redrew the district. She ended up in the district, District Four. She ran, um, and she is running again. She's a Republican. She is the endorsed Republican. She just got endorsed on Monday night, last okay. Monday night, by the Republican Party. She got one other endorsement before the Republican Party even uh, Sunday night. The San Diego County Gun Owners Board met. Uh, she uh, attended the meeting via Zoom, and uh, San Diego County Gun Owners has endorsed Amy Reichart for District 4 for County Board of Supervisors. Um, if you go on our website under the election section, you can find our uh, – we have a flyer there. We have an announcement. And then at our tabletops, we've been uh, passing out flyers to help her get elected. So please go to Amy Reichart's um, website. Make sure that you help her. This is a special election. So there, there's no other, there are no other elections. You can just focus on her election. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she needs people to walk. She needs people to, you know, call. Reform San Diego is doing a bunch. We, of throw course, some money. Throw, throw a couple of bucks. If everybody gives a couple of bucks, no one has to give a bunch. Um, there, but anyway, congratulations, Amy, on your endorsement. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. Tell your friends. Now, the only people who can vote for Amy are people that live in District 4 in the county. Which is, that at? which is like a fifth of the county. It's, it's a weird gerrymandered district. Um, part of it's downtown. Part of it goes all the way out to La Mesa. Um, uh, yeah, that, I know. It's weird. Kind of kind of goes up and down Mission Valley, but kind of not. Did Fletcher do that? <laughs> well, um, no. Well, part. I mean, in part. Everybody got together. And you know, every 10 years, they get together and they redraw the districts, and there's this big fight. Why do they do that? It's in the Constitution. They have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to. So, uh, 
uh, in the California Constitution. Um, oh, well, that doesn't make it right. That, uh, who cares about that one? Yeah, what, that, that doesn't make it right. <laughs> I, like, I like how you, the, the look on your face. Well, to, oh, the Constitution. No, California Constitution. Oh, who cares? Yeah, come on. That that's old not, thing? That's not even a Constitution. <laughs> so uh, they redraw the districts uh, every 10 years, and every uh, it, it, it's this big fight between blue and red. And they, everybody tries to... Stack all you know. The Democrats try to stack all the Republicans in one district, sure. You know, and the Democrats try to stack all, or Republicans try to stack all the Democrats in, in one district. So it's always a big fight. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I get the reasoning. I think a lot of people think that it's uh, it's a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I, so I, let me ask you a question. Sure. Since you kind of move around a little bit, yeah. Are you going to move to the fourth district to vote? It's <laughs> a good question. I have to re-register. Well, you're almost registered in every county, right? To do that? I don't know. I don't know. But it's a thought. I mean, something to think about. It is a thought. I'll have to think about that. I'm trying to think if I'm... Nah, I don't know. I don't That's just what you need. Another, I know, I get another, another complication in your life. <laughs> Good question. Now I have to find a house in La Mesa. <laughs> um, but uh, Monica uh, Montgomery Stepp is actually on the city council uh, she has a huge advantage. This is going to be an uphill battle for Amy. For Amy. Uh, yeah, because she, Monica's entire district, her entire city council district yeah. is in the county district. And she got like 70% of her district to vote for her. Ooh. And I forget the percentage, so I don't want to mess it up. But a, a, a her city council district is a significant portion mm-hmm. of the county district. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, so if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, hey, somebody else will do something, you know, I don't have to. You're wrong. You right. know, and if you think, hey, I got to live in in District Four to help Amy, you're wrong. You don't have to. Oh, I thought you had to live in it to vote, but to help her, oh, anybody oh, can okay. show up and help. Gotcha, her. You can gotcha, donate. Gotcha. You can show up. You can help. You can do all kinds of things. Gotcha. Um, uh, another push, by the way, real quick. Uh, Reform San Diego is doing a lot. So if you if you are a part of Reform San Diego, um, they're they're kind of heading up the effort with uh, Amy Reichardt. Carl DeMaio. Yeah, Carl's doing a really really great job on that. So yeah, um, he's been. Tripping into KUSI pretty regularly lately. Carl has about as bad as you. <laughs> he, he's just the best. I got to tell you, when it comes to moving and shaking and doing in politics, yeah. I can't think of anybody. And better. it's so funny that he's not running for anything. Yeah, he's just he stays back in the back, yeah, and keeps loading the cannon. He just keeps loading the cannon and uh, helps that's, that's helps a, a bunch analogy. of people. That is a good. Yeah. Analogy. You can write that down. <laughs> write that down. He uh, he's helping a bunch of people get elected. Yeah. I, I you know I, he does a great job. He's got a great uh, uh, platform on the radio there. And, yeah, you know. got an awesome one. So one thing I want to talk about too is uh, uh, Mara Elliott. Um, I just heard from a through the grapevine, good source from a from a source that their gun violence restraining order di- division. Um, they moved it from the criminal division to the civil division. Um, now, what, what does that mean? Well, so the city attorney, her real job is to be the attorney for the city council. Mm-hmm. That's actually her job. Um, but there are some prosec- prosecutorial um, duties prosecutorial. that she gets. Yeah. Uh, specifically misdemeanors, mm-hmm. you know, um, felonies usually go to the DA. Um, if you, if you get busted by like TSA or, or the, uh, I should say at the airport, you know, that all goes through the, uh, the city attorney, but really her job is to be the city's attorney, um, not be a prosecutor, but they have a criminal division. They have a prosecution division and that's where they put the gun violence restraining order folks is in the criminal division. 
and they've actually moved them. Now, I don't know if they've been forced to move them or if they just moved them and saw the writing on the wall, but moved it over to the civil division. Now, the difference between criminal and civil has to do with, you know, am I committing a crime or, or, or is it the two people have a disagreement? It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually a really good, that's a good, that's a good explanation, Dad. That's a good one. What did yes. you say? Yes, it yeah. was. So, yes. Yeah. So are you committing a crime against the state that's criminal or are or is there a disagreement between two people that's yeah. civil? Right. Now, if you think about a gun violence restraining order, that should be civil. That is a civil thing, right? That's yeah. not, you know, that's, that's me, that's someone saying, hey, this person is is whatever dangerous that sort of thing, um, but instead they parked it in the criminal division and they got heavily criticized for that. Now this is down in the weeds kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it really truly shows. I think it shows number one her incompetence. I don't think she's good at her job, uh, and number two, it shows her intentions. You know, she, her intention was to use this thing, use the gun violence restraining order against people. You know, her intention was to. Uh, take it and use it as a tool in a criminal way, not in a way of like, hey, we need to help or stop or whatever, not in the way that gun violence restraining orders were intended to be okay, used. Okay, so when she refused to take Fletcher's gun, well, yeah, Here's would that gun. have anything to do with where they moved it? <laughs> no, um, I don't think they're related, but I still, I mean, if if there was ever a piece of, of evidence that proved what we're saying is accurate and yeah. that this thing is – you know, wildly inappropriate and being used inappropriately. It's when we said, "All right, great. Where, you know, where's your gun violence training order for for your buddy yeah. Nathan Fletcher?" Yeah. No, I can't do that. Nothing. I can't do that. Not a whisper. Not a word. I heard from it. You know, I sent that that letter to Mar Elliott, the city attorney. No response. I sent it to the chief of police for San Diego, Dave Neeslet. He responded. Yeah, had a great conversation with him. Uh, sent it to Summer Stephan, the district attorney. Uh, district attorney responded. You know, fantastic conversation. conversation. You know, uh, send it to the sheriff, Kelly Martinez. Fantastic right. conversation. Well, send it to her again. Say maybe you missed it. <laughs> hey, did you get this? Did you get this? <clears throat> so, well, she. I. 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 I I'm sorry. I, I kind of misspoke. She actually, Mara did respond, but it was a bunch of gobbledygook, and you know, it oh, wasn't, she did respond. Yeah, and it wasn't. Uh, um, it wasn't. Uh, um, it wasn't really direct related. It wasn't was, related it was to this, this question. Yeah, it was this kind of the sidestep. You know, malarkey. We actually, I think we, I'm pretty sure we posted. No, 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 no. They call that politics. Politics? Yeah, they call that politics. So I, again, this is nuanced. So I don't know how much we're going to do with this. You know, I don't know if we're going to be on KUSI. I don't know if we're going to, you know, go on Carlson or whatever. That's your call right there. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if it's enough to talk about. Like, hey, look, she moved this uh, from the criminal to the civil division. But the other thing is, I'm not sure... This is going to make things better, <laughs> honestly, um, in that she still has that mentality of using it against people, mm-hmm. not using it for a, for a cause or for the, you know. But, uh, you know, so she's still going to use it against people. And the attorneys in the civil department tend to be a lot more political, a lot mm-hmm. more, you know, uh, anti-gun. So you're just going to be the fly in the ointment, basically. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But there is a lot of ointment to be a fly in. Yeah, and Carl, he's a... Honking fly. <laughs> I mean, that guy, he is he's like, he's like a June bug. In the he is like a big old June bug. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to let everybody know that something we're continuing to look at, something we're continuing to talk about. I like to think that we actually had an influence uh, and, and and by pointing out that this should not be in criminal and should be in civil. Yeah, of course you do. Um, I like to think that that's one of the reasons that she was forced to do it. Um, but again, I think this really shows the incompetence. I, she, she should be nowhere near power. 
With, well, with, you can say that about a lot of people. Well, it's unfortunate, but she should be yeah. nowhere near power. Yeah. Certainly not have the power that she has, like a city attorney. So, yeah. all right. So, Pop, you're gonna you're gonna ask your uh, the next segment here. You're gonna ask your grandson the. Uh, you're gonna try to stump my nephew, which is your grandson. Now, do we change the title of this to the stump my grandson? Yeah, let's yeah do that. you can change that. <laughs> all right. So next, we're gonna have stump my gra- stump stump his grandson. Yeah, stump his grandson. We don't need to get any older. Hey, you, you want to do the uh, the answer too when he cues in? You can do the answer. Watch Certainly. This. All right. All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. (laughs) He had to think about it. FM 96.1, North County, AM 1170, San Diego. I'm so knowledgeable about Oregon. I had a Friday. I got it too. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. The answer. The answer. Hey, gun prom tickets are on sale. Holy mackerel, they're almost sold out, so you better get on this. <laughs> well, they're not almost sold out, but we need you to, to come. It's in September. Hey, are you doing this commercial? Oh, I'm sorry. Doing this they're almost sold out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that gets people off the stick and start doing it. You're right. Because it's the best party. It's my first day here. It's the best party in town. It is the best party. I, I can't tell you how many people, elected officials, yes. people, I can't tell you how many people say, I, I go to, I go to, you're, this is the only party I go. This is the only one of these I things I go to every year. I keep, I, I'm already getting phone calls. You're going to buy a table? <laughs> You're going to buy a table? You're going to buy a table? I said, are you going to well, buy a chair? That's just me. I said, are you going to buy a chair? But no, I mean, and, and, and now I got people wanting to come, and I got more people than I have money. The best thing to do if you're listening out there is find seven other people, and uh, the eight of you buy one of these, especially like a wine table, and you're gonna have a really good time. And you could win a gun. There's all kinds of cool stuff happening. Yeah, yeah no, it's absolutely, it's the most fun you'll have in a long time. Yep. Go to gunprom.com. Yeah, that's just I, we don't even need to say it anymore. Once you get there, the raffle prizes. The food, the entertainment. There's always like a. There's always a, seriously. There's always like an energy in the air. Too, there is. There? It's it's, it's always a like a buzz. Thing. Yeah, it's really amazing. All right. So what are we doing here? Sam, oh, are you there? Wait a minute. Yep. Time oh. for everybody's favorite segment. This, of course, this week changed to what's called, Dad. Stump, stump my, my grandson. Stump my, right. stump his grandson. So if you write in and uh, have a gun trivia question and we use it on the air. Um, we will uh, give you a hat or a shirt, and if you stump my dad's grandson, if you stump Sam, Sam the Gunman, uh, then you get a special prize. Probably right. be probably be tickets to Gun Problem. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see. So, all right, ready? Go for, go. For, go well, wait. Let's see if he's even here. All right, Sam, are you here? Yeah. How are you guys? Yes, fine. Did We're you, good, Sam. Do you know your grandfather was out here? Yeah, I've been watching the whole show. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. <laughs> That'd be Happy Grandfather's Day, which would be and helpful. Grandfather's Day. Hey, did you see his watch? Um, no, I didn't see the watch. You need to put it up to the camera. Yeah, right there. <laughs> well, I'm not watching it right now. Oh, okay. Sorry about right that. Now. All right. Well, he's going to ask the question, so let's see what happens. Okay. The question is Pete is from Pete from Oceanside, and the question is, what nipple-inspired cartridge was popular during the Civil War? Pete from Oceanside. Thanks for writing in. Um, little bit of a weird way to word that. Um, but what I believe he's talking about, um, there, 
I can think of two possible things he might be talking about. Um, one is the uh, the idea of the percussion cap, um, and the 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 terminology does match uh, because the percussion cap it's basically uh, a primer separate from a cartridge, and it goes on an object called the nipple on the firearm, um, which has a flash hole in it um, so that the um, percussion cap can ignite the powder charge. He might also be talking about the pin fire system, um, but I don't believe that's that's what he's talking about there in the question because, um, again, with, with the terminology on a, a percussion cap gun like a Colt Single Action Army, um, you do have a nipple that the percussion cap goes on. The, how we do? What, how do we do? We get close, okay. Dad? Here's, here's the answer from Pete. The answer is the Moore Caliber 32 Titfire used a unique cartridge to get around the patent owned by Smith & Wesson and was very popular during the Civil War for both soldiers and civilians. The Titfire cartridges did not have a rim at the back like conventional cartridges, but were rounded at the rear with a small tit that would protrude through a tiny opening in the rear of the cylinder. The primer was contained in the tit, and when the hammer struck it, the cartridge would fire. In concept, it was similar to a rimfire cartridge, but instead of having priming all the way around the edge of the rim, it is centrally located in the tit. National Arms produced about 30,000 of the revolvers from 1864 to 1870 when it was acquired by Colt's Manufacturing Company. Okay, well, Pete, you completely got me there. Um, that's not something I was familiar with at all. Good one. All right, Pete, you stumped his grandson. Yeah, that's right. And On did, Father's Day. Yeah, and didn't you say Civil War was not your forte? Um, I I have said that before, yeah. So I, I think people are, are kind of figuring ah. out how to get me. If only there were some Civil War resources around that you could maybe go visit and take a look at them. Doesn't he live I know in that's a, a dig. That has all that stuff. <laughs> um, excellent job, even though you got it wrong. Just say, I don't remember. This is the first time. I don't remember. When's the last time you got stung? Long time. It's all well, your fault. Um, My fault. Last, it's one, all... last one, we called it a draw. Um, and there have right. been ones where I've, I've been stumped within the past few months. But this is one where even after hearing the answer, I've, I've got no idea what he's talking about. That was a good one. But I have to say I was convinced that you were right. <laughs> sounded good to me. Well, because what you said made perfectly good sense. I mean, you know, it kind of went that way. But what do I know? All right. So uh, what? Uh, let's talk about uh, you, you got a blog in the hopper? Um, yeah. My most recent blog post that's up right now, um, is another check out this gun blog post because uh, a couple weeks ago, the question had to do with Turkish Mausers and I happened to own a Turkish Mauser. So I took some photographs of it and I did a brief write up about the history of Mauser bolt action rifles in service in the Ottoman empire in world war one. Um, so if that sounds like something that doesn't completely put you to sleep, just hearing about it, then, uh, you guys can can go up and, and read that on the SDCGO blog or the blogs of the sister organizations. Way to sell it, Sam. I like it. <laughs> Way well, to sell I, it. I guess that, I guess that um, military surplus collecting firearms, I, yeah. I get that that Turkish Mausers, the right topic yeah. for, Tur for some people. Turkish Mausers is not, not everybody's cup of tea. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, yeah, it's you know, it's it's not the the latest coolest uh, Mossberg 940 JM Pro or or whatever. But um, if if you're into that, then you're really into it. And you're really into it's, it. It's cool stuff. It's there's a lot of history there. Hey, Pop, do you, do you read his uh, your grandson's blogs? I do. Yeah, and you watch them on TV. You watch them on uh, on YouTube. On YouTube, I watch the. I watch this show on YouTube every sure. every Sunday. Yeah. What do you think of your grandson and all his uh, trivia knowledge here? Well, I, obviously, I'm very impressed. You and everybody and else. everybody. Well, he takes out. He take. He takes after you, Dad. I don't. You, oh, you, thank you. <laughs> I remember. Uh, uh, you remember when uh, Trivia Pursuit came out in the '80s? Oh yes. yeah. Yes. You just what you are. You, you needed Dad. Need, you know, he Dad smoked. It. He just cleaned up. There was That's no. Right. It wasn't even a contest. Did you do you like those types of games? Not anymore. <laughs> I, re- I remember one time I was watching, uh, I don't know if, if, if you grew up in the 80s and you grew up on MTV, they had a, a show called Remote Control and it was a trivia show. And it was a bunch of stupid, you know, music trivia. But then every once in a while, almost a, like as a comedic thing, they'd have a, like a real question, a real trivia question it was really hard. And mom, mom and dad, you guys were going out to dinner and you're walking by and I'm watching remote control and the, the hard, the real hard question, the actual trivia question was what's the medical term for, it was either what's the medical term for droopy eyelids or they said the medical term for droopy eyelids and you, uh, you on your way out the door got it right. So uh, do, you, oh, okay. do you, do you remember yeah. what it is? Do you know what no. it is now? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, well. He's very impressionable. <laughs> put yeah. you on the, right. put you on the spot there. Anyway, so the, the trivia thing is, is genetic. I think it's skipped at least a generation, but it, you uh, think, but, uh, yeah, it does happen. Sam comes by it genetically. Yeah, very much so. But he works hard too. Yeah. He works hard too, but you put in the hours and I appreciate you. All right, cool. So, um, all right, good. Well, thanks. I'll, I'll check out your Turkish Mauser blog. And uh, good job on the question. Sorry you didn't get it right. There's always next week. Well, don't say good job if I didn't get it right. But uh, I, I enjoyed the, for having me on. I yeah, but the, the answer was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I like. I don't even. No offense. I don't care whether you get it right or not. I just like to hear your answer. Well, because you learned something from I was, the answer. I was going to say what he said isn't inaccurate. He gave accurate information. Well, yeah. It just wasn't the answer. It to just the question. wasn't the same subject so, matter. Good job. And you remember, Sam, what my favorite gun is? I never can remember. It's a forty-five caliber sub. You know, the uh, tankers used M3, it. M3 grease gun. So I'm watching the Dirty Dozen the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Almost every one of them running around the castle yeah. had that gun. Had a grease gun? Yeah, I just had to say that. Dad, you have a you have a, a World World War II or Korea, uh, 1911? A uh, World War Two, uh, authentic World War Two. Uh, really, Remington Rand, right? Is that what it is? Uh, it's uh, yeah. Put you on the spot. Yeah. I think it's a Remington yes. Rand forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which you acquired. I've got, a, I've got an inland uh, thirty caliber uh, M1 carbine. Oh, oh, that's right. I used to play with that when I was oh, a kid. Oh yeah. Well, in the neighborhood when we played army. Mm-hmm. Well, I had my uncle's M1, and that's what I used. And what's your connection to the M1 Grant or M1 carbine? Well, no direct connection, but I have a cousin who helped uh, solve the production problems during World War II. Wow, uh, that's a whole long story. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we'll have with, to have you back the, out with the with the rotating the, bolt, right? Well, the, the, the M1 gun, uh, the, the the tolerances were such that it had the unfortunate habit sometimes of the bolt flying back into the uh, shooter's face, which discouraged good uh, marksmanship yeah, a bit. And uh, <laughs> my uncle, my cousin, uh, was had a factory. Like so many factories that did uh, subcontracting mm-hmm, for things, mm-hmm. and his engineers said we do that kind of precision every day. We yeah. they were making uh, juice 
dispensers for cafeterias. During World War II, that you know that was yeah, oh, yeah. nobody cared. That, yeah, right. They no made care. gun gun parts, so he solved it. They and that was it. It, his name. What was his name? Al Dalkin. Al Dalkin. How about you? Yeah, that rest could have in been peace. A trivia Al. question. Well, he knows. He knows. He's, he's, he knows the answer to <laughs> because that. Because it's his. It's his family too. <laughs> anyway, that would have been a bad trivia question. You definitely got it right. Yeah. Hey, anything to help. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, always Sam. good having you call in, and we will talk to you next week. Well, as always, thanks for having me on, and thank you, everyone, for listening. You got it, buddy. All right, folks. Hey, subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. And please support all our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International, and a big shout-out to Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Matthew Dominguez, and... Uh, my good buddy in the box. I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah. Todd. Yeah. What am I thinking? The, bi- <laughs> the bicycle king. There you go. And and big thanks to your dad. There you go. Glad Happy you Father's came Day, out. Dad. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, it's Thank good, you. good Thank to you. meeting you finally. And uh, Let's go eat a steak. Yeah, don't go anywhere, folks. Mr. Bob Siegel's in the house. He's got a show all lined up for you that you will not want to miss. Right here on FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> this program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.